Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and this podcast is all about life and dating and relationships and navigating this intoxicatingly tricky world that we are all in. I want to bring you humor. I want to bring you fun. I want to bring you practical advice that you can apply right away in your lives and your dating lives and in your relationships. So thank you all for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another episode. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the self-confidence project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill. Uh, and I just want to thank everyone who's been listening to my show, my new listeners and everybody alike. It's been a pleasure bringing you weekly episodes and hosting awesome new guests. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and rate and review the show as it helps spread the word to more people so they can join in on the fun, they can learn something and they can learn from awesome guests such as today's. Uh, I've got the immense pleasure of bringing on Shane Kohler from The Living Relationship. He's worked in personal development and transformation for over a decade. He's personally coached over a hundred people, helped dozens of couples bring their relationships back from the brink of collapse. And he's created a framework to help singles consciously create a lifelong committed partnership with their ideal partner. He co-founded The Living Relationship with his beautiful wife, Fatima, and their passion revolves around helping people create the love that most will only ever dream about. I love it. Shane, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. You're so welcome. Excited to chat with you. And I always like to start off with asking any of my guests, like what brought them into this field of work? I mean, helping people with their relationships, helping singles to date and find ideal relationships. So tell me a little bit about your story and kind of what led you to working in this field um, and co-founding the living relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get that question a lot and it's sometimes I just feel like I kind of ended up here. I don't even, you know, I don't know know if there was a moment when I decided this is what I wanted to do, but I I think it, I I think it had a lot to do with, you know, my own challenges, my own struggles in relationship, um, coupled with uh, a career in personal development. I I spent a lot of years working for a, a training company and flying all over the country, delivering seminars for different people and different uh, organizations and things. And, um, you know, I got to a place where I was just, and, and, you know, myself and my wife and kind of what do we want to do? What do we want our contribution to be? And there just really wasn't anything else that made sense. You know, I, I think that when I look at all the different domains of life, the one that really is the most magical to me is relationships. And yeah. When I look at my journey of, you know, feeling unworthy and hopeless and, you know, some of the toxic relationships I was in and some of the years I felt alone and all the rejection I went through and then everything I had to go through to create a conscious, healthy relationship and kind of that journey is such an epic journey. And um, and then having the relationship and and starting from nothing and, and building something and you know, it's all such an epic journey and it's so beautiful. And and I I guess, you know, when I ask why I do what I do, like when I look at life and I look at everything that's available in life, like that's, what's most exciting to me. And so I I guess that's the short answer. That's why. Yeah. I love it. Well, usually it is a little bit of a combination of like, you know, what's gone on in our personal life and what we kind of feel called to do. And I'm curious to know, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that 
you know, want or desire support and advice and guidance when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships. So who, who are you really speaking to? Um, like what is your kind of primary audience? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my wife and I, as we developed this brand, we, we decided that we wanted to focus, you know, specifically on women who are looking to find their ideal man and, and create that partnership. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're very uniquely suited for that in that, you know, she's kind of been there firsthand mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I've learned so much from her and from her experience. And then, you know, I kind of feel like I have like the inside look at it. Like, the, like I give away all the secrets, you know, all the stuff that nobody's supposed to know as, as a man. Mm-hmm. So I, I think together we've kind of brought this, um, this unique approach to this game and we've developed a framework and, and it's helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, I was curious to know that because I mean, it's, it, it feels pretty clear looking at your social media that you're speaking directly to women, but the truth is women and men can be learning from what you have to share. Um, and I know you've mentioned that you have this framework for helping singles consciously create a lifelong committed partnership. So what like a framework what are you talking about here give us a little uh, idea what what you mean yeah yeah and and let me just say like on on that point you're you're absolutely right about it like everything we say i'd say almost everything we share works both ways yeah like there's very few things that are actually that only work for women or only work for men um and in regards to this framework you know we wanted to we wanted to develop a process that if someone came to us and they said, okay, what do I need to do? You know, I'm wherever I am in my life. Maybe I've been alone for 20 years, or maybe I'm actively dating and meeting people all the time, but whatever it is, like, I want to know how do I get from where I am right now into the loving arms of my ideal partner? Mm-hmm. Like what's that process look like? And so we, and this came through, you know, one from my experience two from my wife's experience, um, three from the experience of friends and, you know, people we've interviewed and talked to four from the experience of all the clients we've worked with over the years. And, and we've kind of boiled all this down into what are the essential elements? What are the essential processes that everybody needs to go through before they find their ideal relationship? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not just a relationship. And I think that's a big distinction because a lot of people are just looking for a relationship. Yeah. But, but we're talking about creating a certain kind of relationship here. And, and that's a little bit different process. So when I talk about this framework, what I'm really talking about is a process that basically anybody could, could do anybody could take, but if they undergo these steps and they throw themselves into it and it, you know, it's not always easy. It's not, I mean, it's very challenging at times and depending on where you are in your life, you know, you might, you might have some more advantages in the process or not. But, you know, if you, if you just kind of stick with it and you keep growing along these lines and, and you keep living by these principles, you keep doing the work. Um, I've seen it happen time and time and time again that people find their ideal relationship. Yeah. So can you break down a little bit about what's in that framework or give us a little kind of sneak preview? You talked about essential elements. You talk about principles. You talk about doing the work. What are you actually referring to here? Well, I think there are really three key domains in this process. And and the first one would be clarity. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, like a lot of people, I, I ask this question all the time. It's one of the first questions I ask when someone reaches out to me or we start talking and I say, well, what are you looking for in a relationship? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a basic question. Like you would think, you would think we would know, but the truth is that we don't. No, um, I, I, firsthand. It's one of the questions I ask men that I work with. And it's a question I never actually asked myself until before I got into the relationship I'm in now. <laughs> like, it, it is obvious, Shane, but it's obviously missed, right? <laughs> it it yeah. is. It's, it's so missed. And I, I remember the first time somebody really like posed me the question it was the first time I hired a coach and it was during our very first session. And just to give you like some background on where I was at the time, I was like actively trying to make a relationship work with a married woman. Okay. Like, okay. This is, this is where I was at the time. You were chasing and, someone who wasn't fully available to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, like looking back, I, I had all these delusions about it, but I think I was just, you know, basically some fun that she was having and nothing more than that, which, which is okay. Like yeah. not holding it against her. It was, it was my fault for putting myself in that position, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I, I hired this coach and, you know, the, the state of the relationship at the time, like I was just pretty distraught about it. And I remember I met with this coach and he's just kind of looking at me like, duh, like how, how did you think this would ever work? But, <laughs> but he, uh, he asked me the question, he goes, you know, well, what do you really want in a relationship? Cause he was kind of pointing out to me that if I really thought about what I wanted in a relationship, it would become very obvious that this was not it. Yeah. Yeah. You no. Know? And, and when he really asked me that question and like, I started to think about what I wanted and he started to kind of work me through that process of, of clarifying, like the first thing that came up was I didn't think I deserved any of what I wanted. Mm. Right. And, and so that's, that's kind of the next domain where, you know, the first part is, is getting clear about what you want. But then it, what we find is as we start exploring that process is that when you start to just courageously claim what you want or what you deserve or, you know, what you expect in a relationship, uh, a lot of times that inner voice or that, you know, inner critic just immediately tells you it's impossible or you yeah. can't have it. Yeah. Or, it gives you, know, you lots of reasons why that's not going to be okay for you or why you might not deserve it. Or, you know, the list goes on. We can be our own worst enemies ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really the second domain is kind of sorting through all of that. You know, what are your reasons that you think that it can't happen? Mm-hmm. What's the evidence that you've built up over all these years? Cause you know, when, when we have a story about ourselves, we start building evidence about that story. So if I think yeah. love is impossible or love is hard or love doesn't work out for me, I'm going to start looking at all my relationships and looking at my life and, and, collecting a lot of evidence and building a case against myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got to, we got to kind of break down that case. We've got to break down those barriers. There are, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff and it's, you know, tends to be pretty unique person to person, but there are a lot of ways that we avoid. There are a lot of ways that we, you know, what it really comes down to is just trying to protect ourselves. Yeah. And we felt like relationships are scary. We felt like we can get hurt. We felt like we could be manipulated. We could be lied to. We could be walked all over. And, and given what experiences we've had and what degrees we've been through different things, you know, our defenses might take different forms, but, but the truth is, is like, we've got to actually break down those defenses 
Because like, yeah, you might be protecting yourself from what you don't want, but what you do want can't get in either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so sounds like the, a lot of the real work is happening here where we're understanding, you know, our beliefs and breaking these down and kind of reframing what our life could look like if we didn't kind of put these limitations in front of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then how does this segue then into your third step? Well, so the third domain is really about being out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there are, I'd say, good ways to meet people and bad ways to meet people. You yeah. know, there, there are ways that feel like awkward and forced and uncomfortable. And then there are ways that just feel natural and organic and easy. And, and, and I think that differs a little bit person to person, but what we always try to do with our clients is, is find out, you know, what are the natural, organic, easy ways to meet people? Mm. Well, what are some of those? Because the reason I want to stop you here is because I often get the, a similar question from men that are wanting to date and find women. And most people know, okay, I can go online. So let's just park the online dating to the side for a minute. Um, and I want to just talk with you a little bit about ways people can meet each other, because this is going to be similar advice for men and women, I imagine. And I know that right now in 2022, 2021, people have been like, well, where do I go? How can I go out? I mean, the world is kind of in a little bit of a strange uh, circumstance here. We've got social distancing. We've had, you know, lockdowns coming out of lockdowns, back in lockdowns. Where are we all now, depending on where we're in the world? How are we actually meeting people authentically given like the state of the world right now? So what are you kind of uh, uh, helping your clients discover here? Yeah. Well, so in a, in a broader context, because I just want to kind of talk about the principles behind it Yeah, and then we can kind of narrow it down to like, what do we do in the middle of a pandemic? But in a broader context, you know, one of the reasons online dating is so difficult is because you're literally sorting through thousands and thousands of people. Most of them you would never speak to under normal circumstances. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I think the best way to, to, uh, to meet people, is to create a thriving social life that you feel really, really good about. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be, again, I think that is very unique to the individual, but there are three, um, three kind of places that I would encourage anybody to look to get started. And that's education, motivation, and inspiration. Mm-hmm. So education, what would you like to learn? What are some things that you would like to learn new, new things that you don't know or areas you'd like to explore? Um, motivation, like what are goals you'd like to achieve? What are, you know, the centers around your values, like the things that are really important to you, what do you want to experience, create in your life? And, you know, what are those things? And then, uh, inspiration would be what are, um, what are things you do like for play, for fun, just things that just light you up just for the, Mm -hmm. you know, to give you an example, like one of the things I want to do this year is like take some horse riding lessons and start riding horses. Mm-hmm. Why? Just, just for fun. No other reason except just to have fun. Yeah. And, and I think when we, when we kind of start there and we allow ourselves to get actively involved in the things that are, are really important to us, um, what, what we're going to do is we're going to 
put ourselves in environments where we can connect with people in really natural ways and really effortless ways. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't like the easy answer. People want to, you know, people want me to say, well, just go to this club at 4 p.m. or, or you know, 10 p.m. Yeah. As <laughs> you're waiting right there, you just got to walk up and say hi. Like, you know, it's it's not really like that. Like, I'm talking about being somebody who is living your life in an inspired way that, that actually the way you live your life facilitates a lot of really high quality connection. Yeah. And, and because of that, like, and, and this is what I did as a single person. This is what my wife did as a single person. This is actually how we met each other. And, and this is what all of our successful clients have done as well is just, just to share with you. So I met my wife, um, through a personal development seminar. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't actually, well, we, we kind of crossed paths at the seminar, but we actually met through like a brunch that was outside of the seminar. And we were like mutually invited from different people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So how does that happen? Well, first of all, we didn't just go to the seminar for the weekend and never come back. Like we actually took an interest and we were both like actively involved in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're participating in it on an ongoing basis. We made friends in that organization. We, you know, even though we weren't directly like related to each other, we were indirectly related to each other and we knew of each other. Yeah. And, you know, this whole thing was like kind of such a perfect environment to make a connection with somebody. And, and I think I just want to like quickly interrupt there because I think it's important to make the distinction that you were at this personal development seminar because you were interested in it and whatever the contents were, not because you just decided I'm going to sign up for this personal development sen- uh, seminar just so I can meet somebody. I just want to make yeah. that distinction because I know when people hear this, they go like, oh, I'm going to sign up for something now because that's going to be where I'm going to meet somebody. But if I think if you're going into it with that kind of energy, you're like signing up for something just so that you can get this outcome. Uh, that's where people will end up having the experience that they don't want or falling short or getting frustrated. So I just wanted to interject there because I think it's important to say like, you got to be doing it for you, right? You are absolutely right about that. Yeah. Because and, I, I know and- you're right. Like people are looking for that like shortcut. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm just to sign up for the next self-development seminar and meet my like future wife or future husband. It's like, maybe, but are you there for the right reasons, right? Yeah, and, you know, just to give you a, another idea of a way it, it could look, and this is one of my favorite success stories, uh, a client I had named Kay, um, she decided something she was really passionate about was travel. Mm-hmm. And so she started signing up with different travel groups and, and just every chance she got, she saved up her money, every chance she got, she took a trip someplace and she made sure to do it as a part of a group. So there was opportunities to meet lots of people. Yeah. And she actually, she's married now. She's pregnant. They're about to have uh, their first baby. Mm-hmm. And just to give you an idea, idea. Now, when I met her, she lived in South Florida. Um, now she lives in Paris and oh. she met, she met her, her now husband in Paris, and it was the night before she was coming back to the States. She was in her hotel. This was on one of her trips that she had decided to do because she was passionate about it. And she got an intuition that she should go down to the bar and have a drink. This is last night in Paris. Okay. She goes down to the bar to have a drink in her hotel. She meets this guy there. Um, They get to talking the next day. She comes back to the States and they, they just start talking for months. And then I don't know, a few weeks later, or maybe a month later, he offers to buy her a ticket and fly her back to Paris. 
And, you know, it, it just unfolded from there, but it's this mm-hmm. really, really magical story. But it all started with her doing exactly what you just said, like finding out what mattered to her, finding out what kind of experiences she wanted to have. And yes, she had her intention to meet somebody and she was very clear about that, but she was living her life in like a bold and passionate way and doing what mattered to her, doing what was enjoyable for her and following her intuition, like that intuition, well, why don't I just go down to the bar and have a drink before I go to sleep? You know, like, cause that's important too. Yeah. I, I love it. And I mean, a lot of people will hear that and be like, oh, well, she's just lucky or, you know, I can't afford to travel or maybe it was cause she's just uh, exquisitely good looking, right. Our brain will go immediately, usually immediately to like why that won't work for us. But it sounds like this woman was just doing what she loved for herself, knowing that it was kind of manifesting the kind of relationship and attracting to her the type of experiences she wanted to have. I I think that's, that's a beautiful story, right? And for some other people, it might not be, you know, traveling around the world. It could literally be what you're talking about is where you decide to go do some horse riding lessons for fun. And then all of a sudden you've made a great friend or made a new connection. And that's just, I think seizing the day, like living our lives, we're not going to be meeting people or forming meaningful connections from our living rooms, right? Like we got to get out there in the world, despite how scary it is, right? (laughs) Well, and then let me bring it down to the pandemic. I mean, I I recommend for everybody, like if you're vaccinated or, or whatever your safety precautions are, like do what you can to get out there, because obviously that's like, that's the place to be. Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen so many meaningful connections happen online by people following the same principle. Like, um, for example, I just, um, I just started uh, on the new year. I started doing Gabby Bernstein's manifestation um, challenge mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she's great. I love her work, but I just, I, sh- I saw what she was offering and I was like, why not jump in? And like, there are over 1500 people in this group like sharing all kinds of stories, vulnerable experiences, everybody's supporting each other. Everybody's like, um, like, and, and I'm like, Oh my goodness. No, I'm not looking for a relationship. And I'm like, if I was, how much potential would there be to make a meaningful connection with someone just by participating in this challenge? Yeah. You know, just by following the same principle, like what am I interested in? What am I excited about? And you know, like, okay, maybe, maybe I am scared to go outside. So how can I do that online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I I hear what you're saying there. I mean, it is a strange time in the world right now. We're not going to be maybe as socially connected or as active as we might otherwise be. And even if you're someone who's a little more shy or a little more introverted, then this is another way. You're absolutely right. It is still, in my kind of view, taking a step into a social world. What I mean by like, you're not going to make connections sitting alone at home in your living room is definitely if your laptop's closed, if you're not part of groups, if you're, you know, not taking that action step, but you're right that people can meet amazing people online and through the most random things. I mean, tonight I start something I never, ever thought I would have ever signed up for. (laughs) So, you know, sponsored by my boyfriend, by the way, is uh, doing my uh, amateur radio course. Um, and there's more people in this group than they've ever had before. And it starts tonight. And again, it's like, I'm doing it for me and to learn something new and, and to build a skill and who knows what's going to happen as a result of it. 
right? Open mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think those are, those are kind of the principles mm-hmm. and, you know, like there, there are some contextual like things too, like non-attachment. Yeah. You really got to practice non-attachment. You've got to be okay with whatever happens. Yeah. And one of the biggest obstacles or, or blocks that people face is that they meet someone or they, or something happens that they get excited about and they just, they can't let it be. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, you've got to, you've got to kind of develop this inner strength to take a deep breath and be like, it's okay. Whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. No yeah. matter what happens, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. Yeah. And you've got to constantly like come back to that place in yourself. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not an easy journey. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it is. No, you're right. And I, I love how you phrase it like non-attachment because you know, we can maybe get the first couple of steps, we can get ourselves out there. And then we do meet somebody and all those like endorphins and love chemicals kick in and we feel connected or excited or anxious. And then kind of all the, you know, air quote, good work kind of fall apart a little bit because we're now fixated on an outcome. And I know there's a lot of people that um, and myself included in the past, get so excited about the idea of that relationship or being loved by someone or it going somewhere that things get a little clouded and you start to ignore some of the maybe yellow or red flags and you focus on the idea or you fix it on the idea of being loved by somebody um, or having your romantic fantasy and you prioritize that idea of love over things like trust and compatibility and respect and things like that. And so people can, I feel like people can get a little bit blinded at this phase too. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it it definitely happens. I mean, it's happened to me. I remember there was this one time I, this relationship was a disaster in a lot of ways, but, (laughs) but to give you an idea of like how it was for me, I, I had gone like above and beyond to put together this whole Valentine's day thing for my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And then she, um, last minute cancels plans, which is something she often did. And then, and then like, we had a big fight, whatever, but later we like rescheduled and I like finally get to deliver this whole big thing I put together for her. And she like openly mocks me about it to my face. And then, but, and I'm not telling you this story to like, trash her I'm telling you this to illustrate that even after that I was still like trying to make it work yeah yeah and and and, like you know at that time and eventually it did get to a point where I was just like enough is enough but at that point like there was almost nothing she could have done because I was so wrapped up in like wanting to be with her yeah yeah exactly it's like it illustrates that point exactly sometimes we are blinded and it's you know it's kind of our fault but it's not our fault it's like we want to have healthy relationships we want to be there for other people we want to put effort in we want to make things work and so we try and we try and we try and we sometimes aren't necessarily seeing the signs that maybe this just isn't the right person for us right and that woman that you're illustrating there yeah sure it doesn't sound like she's very nice in that situation but maybe with the right man she'll she'll be a different version of herself, right? Maybe so. Like, and you know, it's, it it really was like, it it had nothing to do with her. It was about me 
realizing that, you know what, I want something more mm-hmm. and, and having the courage to actually break it off and having the courage to actually go look for something more. And then in the future, having the courage to, I mean, I will say this about myself is I, I really haven't made the same mistake twice. Well, good for you. That's, there's not a lot of people out there that can say that. <laughs> I know. And I guess I'm just lucky or maybe I was a fast learner, but like I never, after that experience, I never let another relationship get to that point ever again. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that if you have made the same mistake twice, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up for it, you know, but, but I think we do got to get to the place where we're just like, never again, mm-hmm. never again. And, and then our bottom line gets raised a little bit higher. Yeah. And, Mm-hmm. And as that bottom line starts to come up and up and up and up, and we start to realize that every time we raise the bar, there are people there who are willing to meet it. Yeah. Like we just realize that there's no reason to not have what we really, really want. hundred percent. And I think a little bit of that is like being self-aware um, and understanding what our patterns are in relationships. It sounds like one of the areas that you highlighted there was, you know, being clear on your own boundaries and, you know, self-respect and valuing, valuing your time. And, and, you know, you learning your lesson, like if that individual wasn't valuing your time and they were also then mocking and criticizing, it's like, well, two kind of, you know, red flags, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And instead of being like, what did I do? How can I do better? Mm -hmm. You know, or why don't you want to be with me? It's more like, Hey, like, I just want someone who shows up for Valentine's day. Uh, for sure. Right. I'm not really asking too much, you know? No, I don't think you are, but most of us, they, we do look inwards. We go, Oh, maybe what the way I said, uh, we should do the plans was wrong. Or, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not aware of what's going on in her life enough. And it's all my fault. Like a lot of us, we, we blame ourselves to the point where we start to feel like we're just not good enough. And instead of you giving the example of how you didn't make the same mistake twice and you're kind of raising the bar every time. I know there are people that go the opposite way. They lower it and lower it and lower it because they think that that's the strategy to then get what they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say if, if anybody's doing that, like the only thing I would say about it is like, you have to understand that lowering the bar never helps anything ever. <laughs> that was kind of all yeah. I was It's like, it just, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Unless you're one of those exceptions where you're a very, very avoidant dater and your standards are so high that no one can ever meet them, right? That's where we're kind of going on the opposite side of the scale here, where there are people that are dating with such high expectations of beauty or what they want to create in a relationship. So it's actually not, it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. <laughs> so there's well, always an exception to the rule, but <laughs> I suppose that's true. And, and yeah. you know, that's like, I think we all kind of struggle with that. Like, even when we meet who we think is the perfect person, and then, and then we realize their humanness, you know, mm-hmm. and we into that relationship. Like it, that is a real struggle too, is, is coming to accept that there isn't a perfect person. Exactly. I, I can't remember where I heard this. It was only in the last week or so must've been in an audio book I was listening to, and I'm probably going to misquote it too. So I, my, it's like two weeks into the new year, my brain's still getting revved up, but it was like, find a 
partner, just find a partner that you don't want to change. Simple as that. <laughs> just find somebody that you don't want to change. Because I know in my past, I would look at all my partners and be like, if they could just do this, if they could just be a little bit more like that, if they could maybe just be better here, then everything's just going to go smoothly. Right. And I know a lot of us can have that mentality. And, and that definitely came from my own place of insecurity where I was trying to like kind of control or manipulate or change somebody to fit what I wanted them to be. But man, if you just find somebody that you're just not trying to change there, there's peace, there's contentment, there's, there's happiness. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And then, I mean, this is, this is also kind of a weird conversation because there's, there's a really interesting line between, you know, what do I accept in somebody? And then what is like me compromising something that's important? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's like a really internal journey for each person. You're right. This is a bit of a weird combo, <laughs> but you're right. You know, find somebody you don't want to change, but if that somebody is already making you compromise things that are important to you, then that's not the right person for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the last thing I want to do is complicate people, you know, get, make people feel like they're getting complicated kind of suggestions or advice here, but yeah, dating and, and relationships are not a smooth line. It is a little tricky. We, we really got to dig deep. We got to go back to your first step here, which is getting that clarity you know, what do I want from a relationship? What does that look like? How is it feeling? How am I showing up in the world so that that becomes a possibility too, right? You know, what am I not, you know, part of getting that clarity on what you do want is probably also getting a whole lot of clarity on what you're not going to tolerate, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the, you know, what I don't want, what I do want are kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but I, I think it really is like, you know, of course, we don't want to give contradictory advice, but but the clear line really is to be true to yourself. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us don't know what that means. So I, I think it's really start there. Yeah, for sure. You know, start there and refine that in relationship with other people. So, you know, you get as clear as you can with yourself. And then as you're dating, as you're exploring relationships with people, you continue to refine that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's the process and it's yeah. like that earlier, not necessarily an easy one. No, it's not an easy one. It's a journey. I think if we have the expectation that it is easy, um, well, we might find some disappointment pretty quickly there, but um, I want to, in the time that we've got left, I want to talk a little bit about the online dating side of things. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know from your perspective and some of the work that you do, um, you know, what, what do you say to people that want an online date? What are the suggestions you have? What are the things that you're uh, kind of helping guide your clients with when it comes to someone shows up to work with you and they're like, I, you know, I want to use online dating as well as meeting people in the real world, authentically um, doing things that I love that I'm passionate about. What do you say to them? Well, I think online dating can work. I think it's a useful tool and a useful resource. Um, usually when people hate it, it's, it's because they've developed kind of an unhealthy relationship with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so my recommendations about online dating are don't think of it as like your primary source of connection or your primary way of meeting people. Yeah. But, 
but think of it as a, an additional tool or additional resource that you have. Mm-hmm. And I would say have really clear boundaries with it. Yeah. So um, a couple of things would be like, you know, limit it to like 30 minutes a day. And, you know, maybe you just get on, check your messages, maybe you swipe a few times or whatever, you know, whatever app you're on. And maybe you, if there's anybody you're interested in, like reach out to them. I also really recommend that. Like a lot of people, especially women will sit back and wait for someone to reach out to them. But, you know, like you're, you're probably going to do better if you find people that you're interested in and actually reach out to those people, Mm -hmm. because that's just going to streamline the process a lot. Yeah, you're um, right. That's really great advice there. I mean, some people they're they're nervous to make the first move, especially women. We're like we're taught to be pursued. But I'll tell you right now, I work exclusively with men and and they're like, "Man, it's tiring. Like all we're doing is reaching out." Uh, and so that's why a lot of them go to to Bumble, right? They want to try Bumble because they're curious what it might feel like if a woman reaches out to them. Um, and then with Bumble though, you have that little bit of that time frame, that limit. So if you're not kind of on it, you're going to miss that opportunity, which maybe isn't particularly that healthy, right? So we don't, we don't want to make people feel super rushed, but yeah, I would say women definitely reach out to men that you're interested in. Like there's no shame in that, like, let it be known. Right. And especially on a dating app, because yeah. it's, it's so difficult to like, meet somebody anyway so don't make it harder you know exactly <laughs> now I just I'm watching uh this Netflix series Yellowstone and I'm in season four and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that's watching it but one of the characters Beth she's this badass fiery woman and um oh god I just lost my train of thought here she had the best piece no the best uh, little thing that was said at the dinner table in the episode last night was you know life is hard enough as it is you don't need to go out and make it harder for yourself (laughs) that's what it was and I just literally had this like epiphany while watching the show last night like yeah a lot of us are going out there and making things harder for ourselves we're going out there and making things more complicated for ourselves it's just like do what you can to take the burden off not add it on (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway yeah and I think it's important to remember in dating and relationships in general for men or women is like you know, I mean, if you're just out there fooling around, playing the game, hooking up, doing whatever, then I have no advice for you because you're just going to do that and get what you get. But but if you're actually like looking to create something meaningful mm-hmm. in, in the dating world, like recognize that there is somebody else out there, be it a man or a woman or whatever you're into, that wants exactly what you want. Yeah. And when you reach out to that person and you say, hey, I liked your profile, I'd love to talk like that person is going to be interested in talking to you. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then they're not that person. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you've really got to, we're so afraid of like rejection or what if they don't respond or what if they don't like me? And, and it's like, you've really got to come to accept that not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to want to sleep with you. Not everybody's going to think you're sexy or hot or any of that. And, you know, but some people will. Mm-hmm. And those, or your audience, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we go out there in life thinking that everybody should like us or that that's, you know, the experience that we should be having, then even the most, you know, socially beautified person in the world is still going to be rejected. It's just how 
the boat floats, you know? <laughs> so I love everything you're sharing here. I love the language you use. I just want to uh, recap some of what you've shared here. It sounds like, you know, three kind of steps in this framework. One is getting this clarity. Two is, you know, working through some of your beliefs. Three is, you know, just being out there uh, and, you know, creating this thriving social life, but also whilst doing that, practicing uh, this important kind of non-attachment here. Um, and then three kind of, you uh, kind of categories to getting out and creating this thriving social life is education, there's motivation, and then there's inspiration. Um, and one of the other things that I know you share with me, and I, I want to talk briefly on this as we start wrapping up, is this, this uh, idea of the seven secrets. So the seven things you have to know before you create this conscious relationship, I imagine, is also kind of part of this framework too. So talk to me about that. Is this a guide you have? Is this a resource people can go and find? Um, what are the seven secrets? Seven Secrets is a video series. Um, so it's a, it's a seven day video series where you get one video a day. It's got mm -hmm. some journal prompts and um, some short exercises to do with it. Uh, yes, related to, um, to this method I've, or this framework I've outlined, but uh, more so think of it as just foundational principles for powerful dating. Yeah. Um, it is really what they are. So these seven secrets are like the seven things you need to know to go out and create a healthy, thriving relationship. And, um, it, when you, when you go there, you'll, you'll get to hear a, a cool story about how I spent a thousand dollars and traveled across country to learn these secrets. Um, but I'm also going to invite you to go with me through these seven days and, um, and take these secrets one by one and integrate them for yourself because they're powerful. And really, I, I think if, uh, I think if somebody were to just take these seven principles and master them with themselves, they would be like an expert dater and they wouldn't even need like a class or anything. They would just know what to do. Right. You know? Okay. Well, that sounds pretty juicy. <laughs> where, where can people find this if they want to sign up? I just go to all seven secrets.com. All seven secrets. And is it uh, spelling the word seven? Is it the, is it? The uh, yeah, I'll spell that. All spelled out. Okay. I'll put the link in, in the bio as well. So people can find that. And is that invitation in women and men? Is it mainly geared towards women? Who, who's going to, to watch this? Like with most of my content, um, it, it is probably more geared towards women slightly, but I, I'm, I'm positive that whoever watches it, if they throw themselves into it, they will be able to get immense value. Yeah. Okay. So really open to anybody, but maybe a little bit more marketed towards women, but I, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to have a look. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, heck yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and just chatting with you. And just, it was really enjoyable. And um, where, where else can people find you a Shane, if they want to reach out, obviously we go to the set, like the seven secrets link, which I'm going to put in here so they can sign up for that, that video series. But if they want to just learn a little bit more about you, kind of see some of your content, where are we directing them today? Um, if, if you want to connect with uh, me, probably the best way is Instagram. Yeah. Um, and you, that's at the underscore living underscore relationship. So at the living relationship um, with underscores between each word. And then um, that's Instagram. And then you can also find us on our website, thelivingrelationship.com. Awesome. Perfect. I'll put all those links in there. So it's really easy for people to find you. Uh, and thank you again so much for coming on and talking about your framework and just ways people can meet one another. I just loved how you categorize it. I think it's really helpful. Um, thank you again, Shane. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in and listened to this episode. We look forward to bringing you another one next week. Ciao.